This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I'm just in my own little world over here, Austin. Don't worry about me. Uh, Jake, hanging out with you at our Carrier Zone studios at uh, Vivint Arena. Just plug it in my headphones here. Austin Horton across the glass from me producing today and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? Uh, I'm having a good day. I'm doing fine. Although I'm I'm over here in my own little world prepping for the show, and then Austin uh, looks at me and he says, uh, "You know, the opening music's been playing for quite some time." And, and you, thought, were, you were oh. you were you were so focused on what you were studying there, yes, that you uh, paid no mind. So I'm I'm busy. I'm I'm doing the intro very slowly so I could plug in my headphones so I could hear you. <laughs> And now here we are on the air starting the show. Gordon, how's it going over there? Are you doing all right? You having a good day? Yeah, yeah having a good day. Uh, took a, uh, a walk, went on a walk today, and uh, enjoyed what would have been a beautiful day if our air wasn't filled with smoke. But uh, it's beautiful nonetheless. So Okay. All right. Got to breathe in all that smoke, you know, and, uh, you know, we send our best to the folks in on the coast who are really suffering with these uh, fires. You know, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's like camping 24 hours a day, you know? Do you, when you walk around, do you smell like, do you, when you come in the house, does your wife say, have you been roasting marshmallows? I don't know. No, she's, she hasn't said that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's certainly smoky out there. There's no doubt about it. We do have a vice presidential debate right here in our what did what did I say that uh, LA fans called this place? Oh, Hooterville. Yeah. Yeah, Hooterville gets a vice presidential debate. What was the name of that show again? Petticoat Junction. Petticoat Junction. <laughs> Hollywood comes to Hooterville. <laughs> Washington comes to Hooterville. That should be the headline in the Tribune tomorrow. 
We just got internet. Yeah, like the other day. You have to put a quarter in the machine. But it works. It works. It does work. So I have a question then. If if uh, the President of the United States flies around in a big old jumbo jet, Air Force One, and there's there's two of them, what exactly does the Vice President fly in? It's a smaller jet, right? But, I think it's uh, a still... biplane. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fan chair. Have you seen like the uh, Have you seen the the flying aces ride out there at Lagoon? And Love they're, that all, ride. they're all named after you know the Sopworth Camel or whatever. And the the Red Baron uh, yeah, is there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those. How you spelling Sopworth Camel? I have no idea. It's S O P W I T H. Sopworth Camel. Okay. So I just wondered that. I mean, uh, I, I've seen pictures of the vice president coming off his plane before, but I, I didn't really notice whether it was uh, a big a big old jet. You didn't notice the hand a... crank on the end of the nose there? <laughs> and the guy who has to yell, contact! <laughs> is that, they have to is give it a what... big push to get it up is, in the air. Is that what the vice president gets? Uh, you know, I think so. I, I think so. It's okay. called Air Force Two, but really, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you know, Air Force Air Force nineteen oh two. Austin's probably studied it out and looked it up and knows exactly what that plane looks like. Uh, but I, but I, you and I, Jake, we uh, we probably uh, you know we don't know. But it would it would kind of be interesting to know. And 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 if the if the president gets all that kind of favor. From the taxpayers, why does the vice president get get such short shrift, as it were? Got to be careful. Because the, the, their only <laughs> governmental value is breaking ties in the Senate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, in a weird way, their their opinion means very little, but their profile is very high. And really, their most important role is they're the. Uh, uh, they're the Frank Reich, right? They're the backup quarterback, the backup QB. When something thought, goes wrong, wait, uh, wait, isn't QB two always the most popular player on the on the team? I'm sure everybody loves the VP too, the Veep, if you will. Sure, he gets to be friendly to everybody. Did you ever see that movie Charlie Wilson's War, where Charlie Wilson's like, I get to vote yes a lot. That's I'm, really I'm, the VP, except for he doesn't <laughs> vote. He just gets to say yes a lot. Hey, is this important, Veep? You bet it is. Hey, is this important? Absolutely. You're going to be... If it uh, wasn't, they wouldn't be coming to him. Right. He doesn't have any responsibilities. Like, hey, uh, are you going to do something about it there, uh, Vice President? Yeah, I'll get right on it. You're going to say that a lot. And, you know, you can't really, so you're very popular, I'm sure. And when the whole entire administration is positive for COVID, you're not. Because you're nowhere near the action. (laughs) Let's back up here. Other than what you just stated, what is the Vice President's role? Well, it used to be to preside over the Senate, but really uh, we quickly realized that uh, the the only function was to break ties, and he didn't need, he or she, hmm, uh, didn't need to be there to do that. They could do that. uh, They could come in for a a quick visit to to do that because they're breaking news. There's not a whole lot of ties in the Senate. The VP can uh, pretty much do what Phil Jackson did with the Knicks. Oh, he spend most of his time in Montana napping. Yeah, <laughs> or, or at the beach. I, uh, I, I, I don't really. What What does a vice president do other than that? It depends uh, on scratch their... the president's back. 
I, and hey, historians out there can, and or, or you know, political historians can can certainly correct me if I'm off on any of this. But it depends on the administration. Some administrations give their vice presidents lots of responsibilities. Some administrations don't. Like uh, FDR, for instance, he didn't care who his vice president was, which actually really turned out to matter to history. But his vice presidents had very little little role. Mike Pence is um, heading up the. I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but the the nationwide COVID effort, right? Trump gave him that authority. I don't know. Somebody, uh, what, how how involved was Biden in the Obama administration? Didn't feel like much to me, but well, how come when Biden talks about what uh, what what's going on uh, or what went on when Obama was president, he always said we accomplished this, we accomplished that, because you know? so he was he is... part of the administration, you know. Okay, I, I... so so he's doing something. Well, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, he was on the oh, ticket, man. so he gets to claim, you know, he gets to claim some victories there, I suppose. But I don't know so, how, how really, truly active uh, Biden was. Austin, Mr. Know-it-all, do you know uh, how active uh, the vice president is in, in the overall scheme of things? I mean, uh, as I go through the uh, annals of my Wikipedia-like brain, Jake uh-huh. pretty much nailed it. It's, while the exact nature of the role varies in each administration— most uh-huh. modern vice presidents serve as a key presidential advisor, governing partner, and representative of the president. We'll leave it up to our listeners to decide if that's current for this one. So, man, your your vast knowledge is impressive and so specific. He, I, I believe— uh, It's almost like he's reading it. <laughs> I believe for Herbert Walker Bush when he was Reagan's vice president. So since he came up through kind of the intelligence ranks— Mm-hmm. I think he took that role to a new level there. I think he was empowered to to do some of that in that that administration. I think it it just depends on who the president is. How smart the vice president is, or how smart the president is, or what? I didn't say how smart. It uh, how uh, at their discretion. Well, if like, I, uh, if, I, if, I, if I'm president and I have a VP who is really really smart, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some stuff his way. Hey, man, you're capable. Help us out here. Of course, because you want to be the person taking a nap in your office. No, no. Not so, I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying anything about taking right. a nap. I I'm know. saying, I got it. hey, it's a big job, you know? So By the uh, way, where, where don't wake me pre- until four. The, what, what's the vice president's uh, accommodations like? Do they do they have a, a mini White House somewhere? Do they, I mean, do they, they live in a condo? <laughs> There is there is a residency. There's a guest house on the grounds of the White House, <laughs> but I don't uh, above the garage. I Mike Pence the is essentially the pool boy for the Trump. Yeah. Uh, our boy, you Chasta trailer tweets in though that it's a Boeing C thirty two, a modified seven fifty seven. Uh, that oh, is the nice. current air, uh, aircraft for Air Force Two. Oh, so that's substantial. Uh, I beg to differ. What do you mean? I like to picture it being a biplane yeah. that he has to fly himself. Where he has to stand <laughs> out there like a like an aerial uh, uh, trapezist. Uh, he's not the Red Baron. Well, no, that's what I kind of wanted to be. I just think it'd yeah. be it'd be funny to see him on his first day, not unlike if you've seen the movie Major League, where where they're they're playing, they're standing yes. on the jetway, and uh, what <laughs> Willie Mays says is like, "What are we getting? A seven five seven to Milwaukee?" They're like, "No, that's not your plane." And then their plane rolls in off the tarmac, and they're like taping up the propeller and stuff. That's it. Yeah, the team's like, "Oh, it, 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 it flies on a wing and a prayer, mostly you know, a prayer." When uh, who who was the guy who uh, who played the role, the main role in that movie? Uh, Charlie Sheen. No, the other guy. Corbin Corbin Burnson. Burnson? No, 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 the other one. 
what was Jake Taylor? You know, the guy who was kind yeah. of a washed up player. Yeah, was Jake still Taylor's name. What was he? He was in Platoon. What's his name? Yeah, he was yeah. in Inception, too. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. I do. When he shows up at uh, to, he's trying to win Tom Berenger. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Tom Berenger. He shows up at that uh, at that place where and is and, and this guy who's moving in on his uh, old flame, uh, and the parents are there and they talk down to him. You don't don't you just want to, right? You know, just ring him up a little bit. It just that is so that's such a bad look. You know, I'm you know? I'm so I identify so much with that character in that <laughs> okay, moment. Daddy. <laughs> I really do. Let's just talk down to talk down to him like he's nothing. How many Porsches do you have so, at the moment? He's a major league player. You know? I only have one Porsche. <laughs> right now. Uh, I throw I have a nice car. I throw you guys a bone like that and then you beat me over the head with it. You didn't inti- I'm Gordon Moss. You didn't intentionally. That's exactly what I did. It was way. all part of the shit. Okay. Any, anyway, uh yeah, I just wondered about it. And so how important is the vice presidential debate tonight? Will it have any effect on what's going on? It will because it's, uh, you know, they are on the ticket. And so, you know, they, they get to have a voice, so to speak. I'm interested to watch it. I think it's cool for the University of Utah. I think it's cool for the yeah. state. What are, you, are you going Hooterville again? It's not the real debate. You're not getting the real one. Is that what you're doing here, Gordon? No, not at all. I just how important how, is it really? No, Second place how, is last place. No, I just wondered how influential the vice presidential debate is. Uh, I'm interested, too. I want to see how this goes. Uh, whatever happens, it's got to go better than the first presidential debate. That's for sure. Not necessarily. <laughs> you think? I mean, the fireworks think? leading up to this debate have been hotter. You know what? I I uh, I hope for policy in all the mm-hmm. debates that I watch you politically. Dream. I know, but see, that's the thing. So, which would I rather have if I'm not going to get policy? Fireworks and insults, or, or the Bachelorette <laughs> after dark, or coach speak, because that's normally what we get. Where it's a direct yeah, question, yeah. and then we get five minutes of. Uh, of uh, yardy, 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 well, three three the, people, including the moderator, screaming at each other to shut up. I mean, that's that's at very least entertaining. But I, I'm hoping that we get some policy out of the whole thing because that's supposed to be what it's about. Will anyone tell the other to shut up tonight? I doubt it because these are both professional politicians. So this <laughs> instead of uh, no, this so it'll be reality the co- show host. It'll so. be the coach speak. It, there's a reason there's like only one Lane Kiffin. You know what I mean in the sports world, <laughs> where the rest of the coaches are just uh, you know holding hands twenty four seven. Lane Kiffin will, will mix it up. He took a shot at Alabama yesterday uh, about how strangely they didn't lose any players to the to opt out to the draft. Lane Kiffin was like, hmm, I wonder how he did that. I mean, like they're, just they're stuff, making more at Alabama than they would in the NFL. Just stuff that you never hear from college coaches because the rest of them are out there like, I don't oh, know, man. Mike Leach. Mike Leach is pretty out there. He's you just can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lloyd, Lloyd, you guys, enough. Leach is just weird. I don't know how much he's going at other coaches. He's just strange. 
<laughs> he's just swinging his sword. Right. He's just and, uh, doing his yeah. thing. Right. But most coaches are, you know, giving you the, wow, I just don't know how we're going to beat this other team. And, uh, boy, we're just going to have to stay focused the whole time, take it one game, one play at a time. I mean, that's how we're going to get, right? I mean, that's that's what I'm expecting. So maybe I, I'm hoping for insults. But what I'm really hoping for is policy. Yeah, I mean, that would be good to know what someone actually thinks and believes in and will enact or will help enact. Um, I, I that, that first one, I think there's more interest in this vice presidential debate because of what happened uh, with Trump and Biden in their first debate. So now people sort of want to see how this thing gets cleaned up and uh, where it goes from from there. I mean, I know what it's like. I I know what it's like to be interrupted on a, con- a continual basis. Do you know? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so I, I I feel some sympathy there for Joe. But and well, yeah, we'll see how it goes tonight. This this will be interesting. I'm looking. You think, uh, who do that? you think? Who thinks better equipped? to handle this kind of thing. I know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, but over the weekend... <laughs> I had a speed bag when I was a kid. So, yeah, interrupting. <laughs> um, here's what I expect. I don't, I don't know who's going to quote-unquote win, but here's what I expect from Vice President Pence, at least, because I'm a little more familiar with him than I am Kamala and her debate style, given that there were 52 Democrats that ran for the, for the nomination. <laughs> you don't get a chance to... To really consume the debates all that well. But uh, as far as Vice President Pence goes, his biggest weapon is to smile and look into the distance and point occasionally. <laughs> so how effective he might, is, he how might, effective I don't know, is Jake, that? He might. I'm not sure if he'll do this, but he could recite the Lord's Prayer. I, I'm sure he's capable of that, I suppose. But isn't he really the, like, not the face of the of the campaign necessarily, but the smiling, like, hey, I'm a friendly guy. Considering Trump is is not that way, kind of balance him out a little bit. I I don't know. He's always smiling. I, I, I've just noticed that he just smi- he smiles. A okay, lot. well this this gets back to how we started this conversation is how much attention have you paid to Mike Pence during this administration? I've paid more attention to Hunter Pence than Mike Pence, <laughs> who's retiring. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not much is the answer. But then again, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Joe Biden when he was vice president. He was just kind of the kooky so- sideshow, like the guy <laughs> that would, would say something a, a little weird. And you're like, whoa, it's like, oh, it's just Biden. That's cool. <laughs> Reminds me of someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but he grew up down the street from me. You yeah. have mentioned uh-huh. that. Not today. But... Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, wasn't uh, I... I get a kick out of how the vice presidents are viewed, I guess, because wasn't uh, Dick Cheney the like evil overlord, the the puppet master who was really pulling the strings? According to Christian Bale, yes. Who, Didn't he look a little bit like uh, the penguin? Uh, some people said that. He was the yeah. one vice president that literally shot somebody and nobody was surprised. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He did. Well, he, he was from Wyoming. <laughs> they were they were hunting. I mean, I shouldn't make light of an accident because I, I believe that's I, what it really was. But I remember when, when everybody read that headline, it's like, yep, I buy it. <laughs> I have a friend. <laughs> it who took was this hunting. long. That's surprising. He was hunting in Wyoming once and uh, deer hunting, a friend of mine from L.A. And he he was uh, every year they, he and a few of his friends would go deer hunting somewhere. And this time they were in uh, 
in uh, Wyoming. And they they knew they went up in the mountain, and it was that mountain that's south of I-15, not I-15, I-80. And it was, I forget what it's called. Anyway, they were up in that area hunting, and there was a dirt road that went along that they took to get where they were going. And they knew that road was there so they could use it as a uh, sort of a, a navigational tool. This was back in the days before all the you know, GPS stuff and all that. Anyway, so my friend, he goes out hunting. He's out there by himself, and his buddies are out there somewhere. And he knows the road is there. And so he, he, he after a long while, he comes back, and he walks toward where the road was, and uh, the road ended. And he was beyond where it was. And so he kept walking and he was lost. And so he ended up out on I-80. The interstate was there. And he had a hunting rifle over his shoulder and he was hitchhiking. He had his thumb out and he had a gun over his shoulder. And he was saying, if I did that in L.A., nobody would pick me up. But he said within five minutes, somebody stopped and picked him up to take him back. Why would he have a hunting rifle in L.A.? The point is, if he had a gun with him, then people would shy away from him. But in Wyoming, people are used to that stuff. Yeah, but he likely wouldn't have a hunting rifle over his shoulder in Los Angeles. Right, right. Yeah, right. That's, that, but but that's a little but, out of the ordinary. In fact, there. in fact, the guy who picked him up, I think, had a had a gun on a rack in a pickup in the back of the cab. So, anyway, yeah, I thought that was that was a bit of cultural difference. Uh, back to the vice president's Dan Quayle. He was funny because he couldn't spell potato, right? And so everybody thought <laughs> he was right. just a just a moron. We talked Add about the e. uh, what? Add the e. Yeah, I, and wasn't it an acceptable spelling in some yeah, in random? Fact, Teddy Roosevelt changed it from that to the to current that, modern uh, spelling. Yeah. HW, we kind of we kind of talked about uh, who, who do we, who do we want? Who was uh, Nixon's vice president? He resigned, Agnew? right? Agnew. Yeah, uh. he was caught up in a bit of a scandal there. Weird. Jerry Jerry Ford tripped then, once yeah. on the campaign trail, and everybody <laughs> thought he was a bumbling fool for the rest of his uh, his Meanwhile, uh, political career. He was like an all American football yeah. player at Michigan, right? Yeah, and didn't he have? Oh no, that was Jimmy Carter who had the the brother who was a a wild card there. Who was Jimmy Carter's yeah. vice president? Oh wow, this is before my time, so I get a pass. You had to ask uh, that. Mondale. Oh, that's Mondale. Yeah, okay. Oh, Walter Mondale. Walter. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, we'll get to the finals coming up uh, next. That was a pretty random random you start to the show. Well, wait uh, a minute. How often do we have a vice presidential debate right here in Hooterville? <laughs> Doesn't happen very often. I think we should take some time to at least All right, out uh, to the zone phone we go. Uh, our good friend from uh, Andrew from, or who are we going out to? Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Oh, I had something else now. Excuse me, Andrew. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, hey, I, hey, Andrew. 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 Yesterday, <laughs> Jake had an unfortunate incident where we had a guest on the show whose name was Tracy, who was a, a very much a man, and uh, Jake <laughs> referred to him as a woman. I did. I had a, a rough one yesterday. And here I have Andrew written down and then uh, didn't you trust can call myself. Me Andrea, and, uh, like. <laughs> but our friend Andrew from, <laughs> from Watts Edge Medical Clinic is here, and that is good because he can save me from me because he's here to help you. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are. Wasatch Medical Clinic, as so many have heard, uh, uses the most advanced form of something called acoustic wave therapy, which treats the topic that guys do not want to talk about. That is erectile dysfunction. So if you're out there listening, you're struggling with ED, maybe you've heard us talk about this. This is game-changing stuff. Uh, we just posted, we had 12 clinical studies on our website, and it's now 40 clinical studies backing up this science, showing that we can regrow blood vessels. So we basically get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. We eliminate the need for a guy to take the pill. It restores the normal and the natural function back into the bedroom. You're treating the problem, not the symptoms, right, Andrew? And get back we to are normal. Treating it's the problem. Yeah, yeah. The only thing, as far as I know, that treats the root cause of the problem, where that pill is a band aid. It's um, it's causing side effects. It causes this pre planning that has to happen, and our treatments bypass all of that. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, and you always do so much for our listeners. Always a lot free. We do. We really believe in supplying a lot of value, even prior to you committing to take the treatments. Call us now. We do the assessment with the doctor for free, the exam. He'll spend about 30 minutes with you. Uh, we include a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom that guys really love. And then we also, to new patients, give you testosterone for free. So we've got every angle of erectile dysfunction covered. Um, this is all free. Give us a call. No obligation. And then you can decide if those treatments for the erectile dysfunction are a good fit for you. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic, thank you very much, Andrew. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. See you, buddy. That's uh, Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinics, not Syringa Networks. However, the good folks at Syringa Networks are uh, are awesome, too. I had, uh, I had Syringa written down but knew it was Andrew, so there was my problem. I guess I'll, I should stop embarrassing myself further. Shout yes. out to Gabe from Syringa Networks. Please do. All right, stay tuned. Hope uh, that cheese is tasting good. It does. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone band of the day today janice joplin uh, selected by me and brought to you by live nation concerts buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. you're such an old soul jake i appreciate that about i you. love me some janice and i told uh i told austin that if if he uh, wanted to go to her big brother in the holding company days that that was acceptable as well I'm telling you right now that of everybody who works for our radio station, if if Woodstock were to happen now, Jake would be the guy to go. Oh, I'd go for sure. Something like yeah. that? Well, I know. I, I mean, without knowing exactly. Now it's iconic and it's a, a bit of history, but... You would, if there was that sort of thing, you would, you would be on your way there. And, and what's the country music Woodstock? Because Gordon would go to that one. Um, hmm. Do they uh, have Country a, Fest, I think country, is what it's called. Oh, yeah. You should go, Gordo. Uh, I will say this uh, about Woodstock, and then we'll talk basketball. 
Um, did you know that the Jimi Hendrix, the Star Spangled Banner, that's so infamous or whatever, yes. one of the most infamous live performances in history, that was on the last day, and they were running so far behind, it was basically at sunrise in the morning, and most everybody had gone. Oh, really? Yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't everybody who got to see that special performance, but only like the, the really dedicated few. Hmm. Well, I, I, uh, I'm telling you, if I went back to New York uh, area state, uh, that's a place that I think would be pretty fun to go stop by and check it out. Really? Somebody's farm, right? What was yeah. that guy's name? Uh, I forget. What was his name? Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was just some farm. You'd want to go see that? I'd yeah, want to go just, see it if it was if there were bands everywhere. No, I like I like uh, farm. No, I like I like going to historical places where you know meaningful things happened. Shed a shed a tear for the the hippies rolling around in the mud. <laughs> it was on a dairy farm. That's not mud they're rolling around in. Well, yeah, probably probably not. <laughs> it was on there was a there was a, 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 a sort of a gentle sloping hill, and uh, the bands were down toward the bottom part of it, and the. Uh, the field goes up across between groves of trees. Max Yasger was the guy's name. Yasger, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a dairy farm. Uh, anywho, there you go. Woodstock, Janice. Uh, good times. Let's get to uh, some basketball, Gordon. Uh, a very, I thought it was a very good game last night, 102-96. to The Miami Heat coming up just short. Um, going down 3-1, uh, the series is is likely over. However, I did enjoy watching the game last night. It was a close game, really, throughout. And uh, I was telling Austin this before the show began. Listen, if you're the Heat and you're going to – and Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope is going to beat you with a couple of big shots, well, what are you going to do? You know? What, what yeah. are you going to do? That's the right guy. That's the guy you want shooting. But some things happened down the stretch in that game that, uh, and by the way, you're right. I mean, the fact that the Heat were keeping that close uh, was uh, was an accomplishment in and of itself. But uh, a couple things that I noted in that game. The first one is the switch of Anthony Davis onto Jimmy Butler. It was very effective. Yep. Yes. And remember when we were talking about whether he deserved any uh, consideration for Defensive Player of the Year? That's why, and that's something LeBron was talking about afterward, that he is the kind of guy who, even though he has has the dimensions that he has, he can guard a guy like Jimmy Butler. And that that is impressive. I I, I was impressed by that. And then uh, I thought it was interesting that the Lakers were not getting to the free throw line in the first half, but down the stretch, they were getting to the free throw line over and over again and taking advantage of that uh, in, in, a, in a big way. And uh, I thought that was interesting to, to watch. And they were getting some second-chance opportunities, and uh, that really hurt the Heat. It did, and that, that switch was uh, a good game plan from the Lakers. It was effective. Um, I don't know if I... Well, I mean, versatility is the strength Anthony Davis has that somebody like Rudy Gobert does not. So, you, you know, you probably couldn't have made a move like that with Rudy. Sometimes those defensive uh, changes are, are really what make a difference in the series. Remember when the, the Cavs made that big-time comeback on the Warriors uh, for LeBron's title there in Cleveland? Remember uh-huh. they moved LeBron onto Steph Curry and took Steph Curry right out of the series. So sometimes those, those subtle things can, can really make a huge impact, impact. I'm with you. It did last night. 
Uh, but I thought, it, you, you know, Kyle Kuzma made a big shot. I, I thought the Lakers got some really big plays down the stretch just from guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like Rondo's lone bucket last night was huge. huge. One of seven from the field, was he? Yeah. And it made me think about what you say so often, Jake, that players in the modern NBA who can't shoot are vastly limited and yet he did have a positive effect on that game last night, even shooting the way he did. Yep, he did. And and he's actually had a really positive impact throughout the playoffs. That, uh, that playoff Rondo thing is is real. He just takes his game to uh, to a different level. But it's also a position that, uh, that the Lakers really need somebody to step up and play. And he's done a, a good job coming in. But the Lakers took a ton of threes last night, Gordon. They they yeah. took 39 and they threes. Made it. And they made them. Yeah. I mean, they made more than the Heat did, right? I mean, that's, uh, it was – I have a question getting back to Anthony Davis. Do you think he is a soft offensive player? Um, I don't know about Cause, soft. Because de- defensively last night he wasn't soft. Uh, some people have made the claim that he's a, he's soft as an offensive player. No, we're we're gonna have Locke on and and let's ask Locke about this because because I've heard his opinion on it and I think um, with his of course uh, typical analytical style. But basically, Anthony Davis's big problem is he's either awesome or he's not present. <laughs> so I don't know if that's soft necessarily. Mm. It's when he's dialed in and focused and having a good game, he's the best player in the league. But that doesn't happen super consistently. And uh, Locke was pointing out why that he's a, a good teammate for LeBron because LeBron is the most consistent player in the NBA. You know, well, his, played, his variance is not big where Anthony yeah. Davis is, is here today, gone tomorrow. And when he's having an off night, LeBron can just say, well, you know, I'm LeBron. So, well, we'll both win. of them were good last night. Uh, yeah, they were both good last night. Uh, I, I think – you know, LeBron runs the ship, and he just needs a little help, and I think he got it. Yeah. LeBron seems to love AD. You know, he seems to really love that guy uh, and, and what he's capable of doing and how he's capable of helping him. Anytime I think see a great player like LeBron who's won some championships, I think of MJ and how he needed Scottie Pippen. Well, LeBron needs Anthony Davis in that same way. I agree, but... I mean, don't kid yourself. The reason LeBron loves Anthony Davis is because AD's a client. <laughs> the unibrow's kinda, a client. Kind of like man. the hair club for men. He's yeah. a client. Hey, yeah, he loves up AD. The more uh, AD's worth, the more money Clutch Sports makes. So as you evaluate the Lakers, comparing them to the Heat, uh, what, what's your feeling on this team? Because it's kind of like one of those deals where – Okay, this is the best team in the NBA right now, but I don't get any real. It's kind of like everyone says they can't shoot, they can't. That there are these gaps that this team suffers from, even though they have two of the best five players in the NBA. Yeah, they're flawed. I mean, what team isn't though? You know, every team's got their weaknesses. I would, I would say the Lakers are going to contend as long as LeBron has gas in the tank, and if Anthony Davis stays, as he's of course a free free agent, but it's, he's it's, stay. right. It's that's a pretty poorly kept secret that he he is going to stay. And how long can LeBron play at a high level? Because when LeBron takes a step back, they'll need somebody else. You know, when the when Tim Duncan took a step back, the Spurs needed Kawhi Leonard. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, you know, LeBron. It's it's amazing that he has not slowed down. The the no. biggest the biggest feather in LeBron's cap, and maybe the reason why his career is in the argument for greatest of all time. Uh, and Michael was Michael Jordan was similar, by the way, not not as durable as LeBron, but similar. LeBron has played an insane amount of games yeah. without major injury. He had the groin injury last year, right? And then before that, pretty much the games he missed were he was going to see an Ohio State football game or something. I mean, he was resting or, or you know, uh, load management, as they say. But he's been crazy durable. How many trips to the finals is this now? I should know off the top of my head because it's like I've the, the hot step. Yeah. Nine? Uh-huh. Austin? Um, nine trips to the finals? I mean, the NBA playoffs are so ludicrously long. He's playing almost till July every single year. Ten, ten trips to the, to the finals. That's amazing, yeah. uh-huh. and I again, LeBron. You know, I'm not, I'm not LeBron's biggest fan. It couldn't be eight straight because he he. Okay, into last year. Okay, I see. So anyway, LeBron's durability is is incredible. He is the I, model what, what, of consistency. He's always he there, killing it every night. When I watch him play, though, I I I do think he is nudged back a teeny bit, uh, and maybe I'm just being overly looking for it you know but uh he's not the lockdown defender he once was yeah but i think that's him saving energy probably don't you yeah he is he's impossible for any opponent i mean i i don't know how if i'm a coach and i'm looking at my team in the locker room game planning i i just i i just don't know how you you deal with that (laughs) And, and maybe it's never really been dealt with he is he is so tough. I still haven't put him ahead of Michael, but man, he is he is for all the reasons you just talked about. What a great player! Well, when he struggled is when the other team has a, a a real defender that can take him out of the game. Well, nobody can take him out of the game. Don't get me wrong, but you know uh, he had some early in his career some really hard fought uh, playoff series against Paul George and the Pacers when Paul George was young, if you'd remember. Um, at times when he's uh, he's when Paul lo- George was good, <laughs> when when playoff P was actually <laughs> competing in the playoffs when he was a younger player. I'm trying to think of some other uh, Draymond Green probably is the ultimate example, right? You know, if you've got a really good one-on-one defender that can match up and body up with LeBron physically, then you limit him a little bit. But I mean, outside of that. After early in his career, you could really just sag off him and dare him to shoot, and I still contend that's the best way to guard LeBron. Yes, but I agree. but he's a fine shooter from outside. It's I, not like uh, uh, it's still though. It's remarkable he can do whatever he wants on the court because he owns it. But when he takes those twenty nine foot jumpers, it's just like what are you doing that for, LeBron? Is he just is he is he doing it to conserve energy? Uh, he, he is obviously an unselfish player when it comes to sharing the ball with his teammates or whatnot. But do you notice when he takes those really super long shots, I'm going, that has no prayer going in. Well, don't we think that about Dame Dalla when he shoots him too, yet he makes like 50% of the ones he well, takes? Well, yeah, but that's, that's Dame. I mean, that's the point. LeBron, that's not the strength of what he can no. do. I mean, we've seen him make some, but not not like Dame. Want to remind you about action, plumbing, heating, and electrical. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333, Action Plumbing. Believe it or not, 
Today was media day for the Pac-12 conference, uh, virtually, of course. We'll let you hear all of Kyle Whittingham coming up top 3 o'clock hour. But coming up next, we'll let you know the preseason Pac-12 media poll was released. We'll let you know where the Utes are coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We appreciate it. Still interesting here at the arena, Gordon. A lot of uh, a lot of hustle and bustle. Austin, uh, was it you or Lloyd who uh, tried to go down that way to the Fox News set? Oh, it was Lloyd who uh, was just kind of venturing down that way, not really going, like, sneaking anywhere. There's, like, a break room down there or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's they, our ba- break room. They put the, they put the brakes on Lloyd pretty quick. Did wait, they? Wait, wait, who did? The the I don't know if it was building security or or uh, Brett Bear's personal uh, bodyguard, but <laughs> well, Lloyd Lloyd lives there. I Lloyd mean, does he, have a have a wing of the arena. No, he, that he's is. there every day. Who's telling him where he can't go? That's so weird. he was in a Biden suit, head to toe. What is that <laughs> supposed to mean? Yeah, man, there are very important people in the in the building these days. Yeah, I guess. I had All to right. go through an extra layer of security to just, just get in today. I did uh, find a parking spot that was not going to get me ticketed, though. That was nice. Uh okay. Uh Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, okay. Well, that was one step hour. above a grunt. So you're you're not <laughs> cheering for me to get a parking ticket then, or you are? I was a little confused. <laughs> no. uh, Rest Austin, assured, I won't. Uh, I won't Austin gets today. privileged parking every day. I don't know why you don't. Not right now. Oh. Nope. Nobody's getting privileged parking right now. When the now when the building's all empty, like it has been for the past six months. Yeah, we're we're parking down where uh, I'm, I'm in Rudy Gobert's personal spot, man. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sweet. I'm going to see if I can park on the floor. Uh, right, uh, but now when uh, when the building is inhabited, uh, it's a little different. All right, preseason media poll came out today for the Mountain or Mountain West Conference for the Pac-12, Gordon. Yes. And um, I guess I wasn't surprised. I don't know if it's all that controversial. We'll start with North, um, Oregon, Cal, Washington, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Oregon got 35 first-place votes, Cal with three. And then in the South, USC, Arizona State, Utah, UCLA, Colorado, Arizona, USC with 32 first-place votes, and Arizona State with two. Pac-12 championship game winner, Oregon with 21 votes, USC with 15, Arizona State with one, and Utah with one lone vote. Well, that's about the way I would have picked it. Isn't that about right? I don't have a whole uh, beef there with much of anything. Utah, Arizona State at 2-3 there in the south, I think, is the most controversial thing. Well, you think Utah should have been ahead of them? I, I think you can make an argument for it. I, I don't know. I, I probably would have picked it the same, I guess. Although, I can tell you what, I can really see a scenario where USC, Arizona State, and Utah all beat each other. That could happen. I think that could Look, very easily happen, actually. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just... I don't know who's going to complain that much about Utah being behind ASU. I mean, I think it's close. Uh, what a compliment it is to the Utah football program that they can lose the talent they lost off of last year's team and and still be right there. I, 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 what they get? Did they get four first place votes. They did, but Arizona State got more second place votes, so they yeah. Um, so well, I, I think that, it's and there's this 38 media members. 
who cover the league and uh, so, but I, I, I think they're, the Utes are being shown some respect there. It's okay. not like they're being disrespected. I agree. And I suppose it's a compliment, ex- except here, here's my yeah, but Gordon for you. Okay. UCLA, Colorado and Arizona are a disaster. I mean, it would have to be so bad for Utah to be picked below third. Uh, but I understand what you're saying because Utah's to the point now where they don't have to completely rebuild every four, fourth or fifth year where they can. I, I don't want to say it's an Alabama-like reloading because it's not, but they can have a young team where they're replacing a lot of really good players and still remain uh, a competitive team that hopefully is in the hunt for the division, hopefully for them, of course. So I, I agree and disagree with you, but I mean – if Utah were ranked fourth behind UCLA, then we'd—I mean, that would be an insult. Let me put it that well, way. Well, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. How about that Washington behind Cal in the North? Washington yeah, loses a... a ton too, and Cal's got a yeah. lot coming back. But it's not like Cal has the best track record. I was a little surprised by that, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not not drastically so. Not drastically so. Let me ask you a, qu- a question about SC. Okay, so they were picked first in the South. Great. What would have happened if SC had dumped uh, Clay Helton and hired Urban Meyer? How do you think that voting would have gone? Well, they'd still be in first in the division. Well, right, but even in in greater number, don't you think? Uh, probably, yeah, but I mean. And these are smart people who are picking in these polls. I mean, these are people who are very familiar with the conference they cover it on a regular basis. I'm not saying that the media is always right. And when you when you look through the Pac-12 sent out a thing, did you see that, Jake, where it showed where teams were picked by the media uh, since 19, since the 60s and where they ended up being? Yeah, the track record is not great. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not bad, but I mean it's. You know they they're they're pretty clued into what's going on, but uh, it, it, that just reinforced in my mind, man. If SC had hired Urban Meyer, I I think that 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 that's more than just window dressing, man. There's something about what that guy does that makes a team better than it was before. All right, coming up next, we will uh, we will hear from Kyle Whittingham his media availability at media day today. So stay tuned. Uh, for that, we mentioned David Locke earlier in the show. He's going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But right now, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. He's here to help, uh, specifically, Andrew, helping our listeners with their love lives. Yes, helping with their love lives. And a lot of guys out there struggling with erectile dysfunction. Uh, more than I even knew, I think that The studies say that 50% of men over 50 experience some form of ED, and I think the number could be higher because it goes unreported and untreated. Now, Wasatch Medical uses an advanced form of something called acoustic wave therapy, which is clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. Uh, When I say clinically, I'm talking Cambridge. I'm talking the American Urological Association and dozens of others we know that the science is sound and that when we regrow blood vessels, we can achieve 60% more blood flow. And, you know, what would life in the bedroom look like with 60% more blood flow than what you've got now? This is a game changer for a lot of guys because they no longer have to take the pills. 
Who's a good candidate, Andrew? Do you have to, you know, have zero function, uh, a little bit of loss? What? Uh, who? Who kind of is a good candidate for this? Well, we see it all. Um, I would say, obviously, the healthier you are, and the more function you've got, the better. So, if you're experiencing a failure in the bedroom, let's say two out of four times, um, you know, so half the time it's good, half it's not. That's a very good chance to get back to 100 percent because you've got blood flow, and we are definitely going to improve what you have. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And uh, you guys like taking care of Zone listeners. You do a lot for free. We do. We do a lot for free. If you're out there struggling with erectile dysfunction, call us now. The assessment with our doctor is free. The exam, he'll test your blood flow, which is really cool to make sure that it really is a blood flow problem. Uh, we'll throw in a little special gift just for making the trip that produces instant results in the bedroom. And also now, new patients with Wasatch Medical get testosterone for free. That will help with the drive and the energy, the acoustic wave with the erectile dysfunction, and we've got it all covered. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. We'll let you hear from Kyle Whittingham straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. 